Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning... This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, it's really no fun. And now, on with the show. All right. So, oh, man. I, I, have, I have some questions for you guys. Oh, I love questions. Questions with Q. Q's and Q's you're the A's. Q. Q's with a couple of A's. Uh-huh. Here's my uh, big A. <laughs> um, so when you talk bingeable TV shows, right, which is what we're getting together to talk about today, um, a bingeable te- television show, I feel like, has been totally, like, rewritten as to what that means in the last 10 years. Right. Like, uh, yeah, like 10 years prior to Netflix, let's just call a spade a spade. Right. <laughs> Bingeable TV meant one of a couple things. A, you owned the DVD like si- series sets of whatever television series. I think you meant to say that 70s show and Boy Meets World. Those were definitely <laughs> yes. two that I had from an early age. B, you set up like television recordings of them, whether it be like on a TiVo or a VHS, like right. you were recording it, right? Or you watched a marathon that was just airing on television, right? Like those were really your options of quote unquote binge watching anything. Um, so I. I have a question for both of you because I'm curious, given that kind of time frame, without giving me what the series was, when was the first time you actually binge watched something like like binge watched in the sense of what it means now? You sat and you watched at least, you know, 10 episodes of something in a row. When was Ooh. the very first time? Because I was thinking about that during this list. And it's really hard to pinpoint, and I did figure it out. But I, I can't give away mine yet because I have a story that goes along with it, and it is something on my list. Hmm. Mine's, okay. mine's not on my list at all, actually. Okay, cool, uh, perfect. So what was your first? register until you asked this question. Uh, but it was, um, the show was Law & Order Special Victims Unit. And okay, nice. In, in my early teens, and it was after having gone through Thanks. And it just, the time it entered my life was the time I needed it to enter my life so I could see all these things. And it just, uh, even now, I, ca- I actually cannot watch the show consecutively now. After I have grown as a person, it was just meant to <laughs> the first binge watch show ever when I was a preteen. Sure. All right. So it's, it's not so, on your list. Okay. You said it's not on your list. Yeah, That's not, so preteen, preteen Mia. Was, the, I, was your first binge watching exposure? I would say twelve, easy. Thanks to, and I'm gonna steal this from John Mulaney. 
you just listening to Ice Cube say or Ice T say <laughs> semen a lot. <laughs> semen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, you know what, Mia, that's funny because your answer, I was thinking in another direction, but I think the very first, if Q, if your question is, when was the first time that I sat down and watched like seven to 10 episodes of a show in a row? Sure. I think it was an accident and I think it was law and order at a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and you just got like sucked in. You're like, I can't I look away. Uh, no, I think it was just, I was with my parents on a trip and it was just one of those types of trips where it was a business trip. So I was just in the hotel sure. with my mom hanging out and it was on television and it's just true crime, not true crime, but it was like crime drama. Yeah. And yeah. it was like candied crime drama. And, and honestly, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, spoil anything on my list, but that's really funny. Cause I hadn't made that connection either. That was an accidental binge. I would say one of the first ones I did on purpose hmm. was um, either the Simpsons or South Park, because okay. those okay. were some of the first VHS and DVD show collections I started to buy. Yes. Because I remember the Simpsons used to come out with these like, like gorgeous VHS collections of like all their Halloween specials or yep. all of their episodes with like Mr. Burns or things of that nature. And I had a handful of those before I just went whole hog and started buying like DVD seasons. So it was sure. one of those two interesting i love this i i think we are gonna have so much to talk about on this subject oh, yeah. because i really do feel like you know the the term binge watching didn't really enter the lexicon until netflix streaming existed yeah and so i find it even more interesting when fans such as ourselves managed to binge watch television series before the rest of the world was doing yeah. so and, and I have thoughts about this trend, so I'm excited. Perfect. Well, with that said, I would like to high-five. Let's high-five. Should we high-five? High-five! 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 High-five, high five, son! Woo! High-five! Don't let me hang it. So, all right, guys, I'm here. I'm Q, J, Mia. I'm so pumped to talk about this with you guys. This was a subject matter that legitimately, like, at, on first blush, I was like, oh, bingeable TV series is going to be easy. And then the more I, like, thought about it, yeah. the more I was just like, A, there's tons of series that I've watched, you know, beginning to end and at, you know, handfuls at a time. But yeah. Two, it really sent me down the nostalgia rabbit hole. Like we kind of talked about at the beginning, I was like, man, I, I was doing this before it was a thing, I feel. Um, and that's just because I was a nerd. And like, I really, yeah. when I got attached to a show, I got like attached to a show and I would try to watch it in any way that I could. And one of the things that, like struck me was um, I was the first person in my family to get a DVD player when DVD players came out. It was a Christmas present. Nice. My parents knew I was a huge like uh, movie fan and, and pop culture nerd. 
And so one Christmas, I got a DVD player. That's back when DVD players were still like $300 for a DVD player. You know, (laughs) I got a DVD player. It was like my big Christmas gift. And I got three DVDs. I got The Matrix. I got The Grinch, the Jim Carrey, The Grinch. Yes. I got Cats and Dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got a season of a television series of which is going to make an appearance on my list. So I just wanted to throw that little nugget out there to get you salivating to find out what it is. But it officially began my binge watching career with that series. It was something that my folks knew that I liked and they got it for me and I watched it beginning to end season. And from then on, I was hooked on, on binge watching series um and one thing that i wanted to talk to you guys about especially before we dive into the list or even talk about the criteria for a list yes we need to do criteria one of the things that i am curious about is like do you think and i have a feeling i know your answers but do you think that the advent of on-demand programming right has like changed the appetite of the normal viewer like there are there are hardly any situations in which you have to wait week to week for tv series to come out unless you have series like the mandalorian on disney plus and they are intentionally releasing week to week but well if given the choice i feel like the masses would much prefer to consume things in a single block now than to kind of dole it out do you guys feel the same way Yes. I okay. I'm on the I'm on the fence. So okay, me is a definite yes. Q, you 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 sound like you're you're going that way too. I think I think the simple fact that time is a flat circle is biting us in the <laughs> ass on this one because this is what I truly believe about this is that I believe that when bingeable content via Netflix, especially when Netflix went online and it became, hey, you can get apps to your TV, to your thing, and you can watch all the time. When that became the norm, binging went crazy because I think everyone wanted to do that since the 60s. It's like, I want to watch every episode of Dick Van Dyke. You know, sure. like yeah. people just want that. You don't love like cliffhangers. It was, it was all tropes. Shout out to all the Dick Van Dyke heads out there. Just like I love Dick Van Dyke. Feenin for their Mary Tyler Moore fix. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but I think we've so binged on binging shows that we've almost come full circle now. So if it's a premiere show, we almost prefer to drag it out. So it's not like, oh, now I have to wait a whole fucking year for more Mandalorian because I watched all eight in one pop. It's like I get to experience the Mandalorian week to week. And this is one of the things, like I said, I'm so excited. I I was excited to talk about this because, you know, there are some shows like 24 is not on my list, but, you know, it's one of the shows that I would watch. The difference between, I guess, consistent viewing and bingeable watching. Like when I was growing up, I would watch Saved by the Bell at the same time every day because my schedule allowed for it. And I like Saved by the Bell. Sure, And I would binge it eventually in my life, but it was just like, all right, an hour every day for my whole life. 
yes. weirdly, but but now it's those like those huge blocks. And I think again, like I think we've come full circle to wanting shows to be stretched out so you have those events like 24. I remember getting together on a weekly basis and watching 24 with my friends or, you know, Breaking Bad or, you know, some of those like weekly dramas. Uh, Game of Thrones is a good example, yeah. you know. Game There's theories and you talk about them during the week and then you get together and you watch the show when that's fun, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think, I don't know, it's, I think we've almost come around to certain shows get the distinction of not being bingeable yet. Mm. Sure. I, I can totally get behind that. I'm yeah. split. See, the problem is, is I, I do agree with Mia. I don't, I don't think that it's something, I don't think people as a whole have a huge appetite for it. I don't think your general audience, I should say, has an appetite. Oh no, we want everything immediately. Yeah. Immediately. But I will say, and I think the most blaring recent, I know we've said Mandalorian, but I think one of the most recent examples is going to be WandaVision. Um, Yeah. I think WandaVision benefited a lot from not all being blown in, you know, one original air date. You wait week to week. But I also think that it kind of bit that show in the ass, too. Because instead of having the answers to things now, so one of the biggest things that I've seen online recently is like fans are super divided on the end of WandaVision, right? Like, really? Yeah, some, <laughs> so some, people, some people really dig it and some people don't really? dig it because they feel like the show trolled them. Like they feel like the show oh, yeah, set up about that yeah shut up set up having these huge reveals and then the reveals were like not any like not a single one yeah. of the fan theories that people yeah. like thought was happening was happening they and so, so totally so i think that that right there is like a perfect example of what happens when you get this like week to week internet culture now, like everybody's connected, everybody's talking, everybody's like, ooh, yeah. they said this, and I'm gonna dissect this for the next, you know, week. I'm gonna dissect this 30 second segment of this last episode of WandaVision where I'm pretty sure they hit a clue that Mephisto is gonna make his appearance in the final episode and he's gonna be the bad guy. And I'm pretty sure it's Evan Peters because his hair looked like horns and whatever. <laughs> um, that was everywhere. <laughs> that was well. That's the thing, though. Let me ask, though, is that the show's fault or is that our fault? No, I think I, I think the show my, was my point. Yes. No, no, no. no. My, like months and months I, I, think, I think my point was is that I feel like it's that binge culture. It's those people who are so used to having those answers and needing those answers yeah. immediately. Like, yep. I if I can't find it out in the very next episode, which I can watch right now, then my imagination is going to go like unbridled. And I think that kind of is a benefit and a detriment. Like I said, WandaVision, uh, I read a, an interview with the, the guy who directed it and I'm using that because I, like I said, I think that's like the yeah. most current. Oh, and we, I mean, like, we example. just, and we did it like half and half too. We've been, we waited and binge like the first four episodes and then watch like the last four week to week. I will say, I wish I would have done that. I did watch week to week, every episode. Um, And I will say that episodes. (laughs) 
Huh? People really didn't like the first two episodes. I didn't like the first two episodes. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I watched them all together, and it was I saw I, what was happening, and I loved but it. See, I will say this: this is this is this is what I had a problem, and I talked to Haley about this. Mm-hmm. I like where Wandavision went. I am not on on that uh, that side of the fandom that's like, oh, they didn't have all these huge reveals, and that disappoints yeah. me. I thought it was a great story about Same. loss and dealing with that grief. and like and grief but i will say this this is my only like harsh critique of the show if your first episode especially is pretty much not going to set up any of the remaining story for the rest of your season and is primarily just going to be a 60s era sitcom it needs to be a good 60s era sitcom and that's the problem if you're going to do that because in that first episode i think there's only like two maybe three like weird things that happen but for the most part it is just at the end pretty much right for the most part it's just a normal sitcom and not a good one like it's not very funny and it's not very well made it's just it's just not and that was my biggest that was my biggest problem but that's literally just the first episode like the rest of the season i loved but for that reason uh but anyway i'm way off topic the <laughs> the, uh, the director of the series said that halfway through um they started seeing all of this stuff that was coming on about all the comments and people like making these theories and all this crazy stuff and he was like, and about halfway through, like they started to panic because they knew where this was going. And they're like, they're like, it's, it's like nowhere that anybody thinks, but halfway through, they're like, that's a really, like, those are good ideas. <laughs> like maybe we should have done that. You know what I mean? Like, wow. um, well, but it, that's the thing. It's, it's a, it's a hive mind. It's group think at that point. Like, of course, they can come up with like the best ways to intertwine those things. I saw, I read a thing with Paul Bettany that he accidentally put, well, not accidentally, but he was joking about with the last episode when there are spoilers to Paul Bettany's, mm-hmm. he was joking in an interview saying, oh, just wait till the last episode. I get to work with an actor who I have loved for years. And I think he's at the top of his game. He and compared then, it then, to the Luke Skywalker reveal yeah. in Mandalorian. <laughs> And he's uh, and then um, and then his later interview was then I saw people's like guessing who it was. And my first thought was they're going to be real disappointed when they realize I was talking about myself. Mia, I'm so very sorry. You made a face when I said that. Uh, did I just spoil the Mandalorian for you? Did you not know that Luke Skywalker? Makes oh, oh no, no, it was OK. It was I, um, I read uh, your facial uh, expression uh, totally uh, wrong. And I was like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> No, it was Paul Bettany being full of himself. Yeah, but but funny, like those jokes. And that's kind of my question. And that kind of leads me to what we're talking about here is I don't like, do you think that the internet would have had that opportunity had the show been released all at once? Like they would have had their answers or they would have had their, their setup and their answers immediately. And maybe you wouldn't have lost half 
you know, maybe you wouldn't have a divided audience. Maybe everybody yeah. would have been on board because they wouldn't have had the time to work up all these crazy fan theories. So do you think that that is good or do you think that that's bad that people do that? Like, do you think it's good that people have the time to come up with these crazy fan theories? (laughs) Or do you think that that's like a detriment to being a fan? Like you gave too much for people to stew on for too long. I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I think people get, caught up because they want it to be what they want it to be and not what Mm -hmm. the producers give permission for or what the writers are able to piece together or you know what scheduling allows all that other stuff people don't understand how filming works and what all the entire process from beginning to end and they could probably fit so many things or maybe they did try different different timelines or ideas and they could only make this one work the problem with the with fans overall across all fandoms is everybody wants it to come out the way they want it to come out with. And they don't realize all of the work and effort that goes in. But at the same time, I think that if you're going to be making these shows that you are, that you know, people are going to be talking about, there is a level of, I think from a Disney point of view, they wanted to stretch it out because they want to make sure that people aren't going to just delete Disney plus. I, okay, fine. Sure. I get that. But if we scooch that to the side, I, I honestly think it would have been better if they would have made a, like a, an hour long special and done the first two episodes together as one big thing. And then like, and then from there, maybe do, maybe keep it at, at, I'm kind of with fair, you. I on think that one. I think they did drop episode one and two together. They they, they did. They, they um, did, because, but I think they should have made it one long like one, episode. like a like an hour long yeah. special, yeah. and yeah. then the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, with that. I mean, I, my I mean, I I go back to, and this is this may be a weird analogy, but it's what I think of. But I mean, Q, do you remember everything that was going on around Twin Peaks when it first came out? Like. The original Twin Peaks. Yeah, oh, definitely. I am a like diehard Twin Peaks fan. I, I, that's one of the reasons I knew that you would, you would catch the reference. But like, there were like forums and like mail-in groups. And, it was like, one of the first. It was one of the first yeah. series ever to have that sort of like, yeah, rabid fan base. Because they built it on purpose around. A, they wanted it to be a mystery. And so all of the the things and the mystery goings on was part of the culture. I think Mia and you kind of hit it on uh, like right on, on the head. And I think that's the difference cue is that now in our social media society, we're also focused on what we want and we can't separate the, well, it didn't happen how I wanted it, but it was, I can appreciate it because it was good or I liked right. it because of, yes. well, cue, like you said, I can totally get on board with sitting around and, you know, uh, smoking up and having a grand conversation of like how Mephisto could have been pulling the strings behind WandaVision. (laughs) That would be so fun. It's a cool conversation to have, but that doesn't, in my opinion, take away from the fact that I loved the story about grief that they told and the way that they contained it. Because again, one of the things that I think superhero Marvel movies, and this is again, kind of off topic, but Marvel in general has a tendency to do is try and make the stakes too big to make the story like a big deal, as Mm -hmm. opposed to like 
really capturing what's going on. Yes, there was a town that was like captured in this thing. And as the hex was expanding, there was danger to the like surrounding communities, but it wasn't like Wanda's going to destroy the world. Right. You know, it was how is Wanda dealing with her grief and then how well, are people manipulating it? Was, it was Wanda's going to destroy her world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh and I do have I do have one other thing that we could totally get into criteria for this list about yes, Wanda because Vision. yes, and it's mainly because I just wanted to ask both of you guys. Um <laughs> I from a creative standpoint, I think it's really fun that they cast Evan Peters as Pietro, but emoji. But <laughs> I do feel like that is it was super trolly of of the series creator, and I worry that it totally like I was one of those that would be fine with you know eventually once we get because they keep like hinting at the multiverse but then they're Mm -hmm. like psych multiverse isn't real Mm -hmm. like that that's the second time they've done it first time was Spider-Man Far From Home they were like oh uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, Mysterio he's he's from another universe and for a second you're like oh he is and then they're like no psych he just made it up there are no other universes then I was kind of like, oh, bummer. Okay, I was hoping for the multiverse. <laughs> right. Then with this, they were like, you know, the Doctor Strange movie is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And they came out and said, WandaVision will lead directly into yeah, into that. So then when this started happening, I'm like, oh, fuck. Cool, WandaVision. Wanda's tearing holes in, in the yeah. universe and she's the one creating this. And when he popped up, I was like, dope. I was like, we're actually going to get like, we're going to get bleed over from the Fox X-Men, but not necessarily it doesn't have to exist in this world, but it would make sense that she like plucked a different Pietro out of a different, you know, universe <laughs> yeah. and put it in there. But then to have the ultimate reveal be that it's not either one of them at all. It's just some dude named last name Boner, um, well, which is which, which is, is a, a reference, reference to right to the to the growing pains. But that also made me go, oh, well, I feel like they kind of shot their load on this one. And that actually gives me no hope for any of the X-Men ever appearing in the MCU. Like mm-hmm. Evan Peters already exists in the MCU. I feel like it would get too confusing at that point for the average fan. Like people would yeah. be like, wait, so is he, <laughs> is he the guy from X-Men? He's not, but he's playing the same character. Like, you like us three we're nerds so we know and we're like oh that was super meta and it's operating on this yeah but i feel like if my mom were to watch wandavision she would be like wait but that's the guy from the x-men movies and he's playing his character but wait he's not his character but then why'd they get him and they dressed him the same why is he i don't understand I think that joke would be like lost on her. You know what I mean? Like she would just be super confused. Are they the same? So they do exist in the same. Are they the same movies? I don't know. It's like, no, no, this takes place in the American horror story universe. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so anyway, I just had I, I, my question. I don't know. Did you, did that bother you guys? Are you cool? I'm in the, I'm in the camp that. I'm in the camp that Solomon was like dope, and then they revealed what it was. I was like, still dope. I still, I just thought it was cool. 
Yeah. I just thought it was cool. I, just, <laughs> I knew, I knew it wasn't that. Like that was the thing is, is, and I, and I, maybe that was the difference Q is that you were kind of like semi hanging a hat. Like you had your hat like halfway on hanging on multiverse. And I was just like, there's no way he's Quicksilver, but that's funny as shit. Like that was literally my reaction was there's no way. I, I don't know how he's not right now, yeah. but I know he's not. And this is just great. Sure. Still think it would have been cool if he was though. Uh, I mean, no, no, no I'm not saying it. I, I totally, so agree. <laughs> I would love it. And honestly, I kind of wish that they had left it vague. Like it's just Same. hinted that Agatha took over someone, but it's never revealed that like that's his house. They don't make the boner joke. And then, and then in um, Multiverse of Madness, she rips a hole and then like puts Aaron Taylor Johnson's soul into Evan Peters' body. <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking, that'd be fucking crazy. Hey, she's a witch. Crazy. She's a witch. I like that. And then Mephisto appears, and it turns out and he's, he's also been played by it all along. Yeah, that's Both the teams. trick. That's yeah. the trick. And then Wanda pulls her face off, and it's Evan and she's Peters. Evan Spacey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Uh so anyway. Uh, okay, back to back to bingeable tv series even though technically we've been talking about a bingeable tv series uh what was the criteria that you guys set for yourselves to qualify a television show to be on your list for me it was a show that i was or am obsessed with because in order for me to want to binge watch it it i don't want it to be like oh society says that this this show is something you should totally watch sure all day in day out um but for me it was shows that i was obsessed with and um ones that i watched all the way through or that i watched consecutively if they came out during a certain time i watched consecutively never missed and if i watched it again i would binge it okay that's it's a little rough but i i never owned a collection of any tv show so, oh it feels so it still yeah. feels so you're fun booted, to look over you're and booted be like, off the show hey. no! sorry no! hey everybody thanks for joining us for mia's last episode of high five podcast uh, start sending her your dvd collections i know i know please it's the only way you can save her um you have Man, to clap. It's like Peter Pan. <laughs> For every clap, she'll get a she'll get one of the discs out of a season set. There we go. Honestly, I haven't watched that 70s show in a long time. I'll just mail you the set. Okay. <laughs> um uh, I, I think that's fair, Jay. I I actually pulled a cue method for this one. So nice. there were a lot. This was one that I approached. I had the same thought process as UQ. I was like, oh, well, bingeable shows like Stranger Things and things that are on stream services or whatever. But then when I really started to think about it, I was like, there's a lot of kinds of these shows. So I kind of broke them down into categories and then like the types of bingeable shows and then I also looked very heavily at, yes, is it a show that I like, but is it a show that's built for watching 
over and over and over again. Like there are some shows that are fantastic shows, but after about like three episodes, they're like so dark or they're so intricate or they're so whatever they are that it's kind of like, I gotta, I gotta be done. Like Sherlock is a show like that for me. And I don't, I don't mean disparaging if that's on either of you guys' list, but the show Sherlock is fantastic. But after about like one or two of those episodes, since they're so long, since there's so much dialogue and it's all witchy, which ways at the end of them, I'm just like, oof, that was good, but I need to go to bed. Mentally, so yeah, like draining. Yeah. So I tried to also really, really focus on shows that were made to be consumed like in large swatches. Sure. Sure. Or I can be. Uh, I think I'm kind of somewhere in between the two actually. So most my list does break down into a variety of types of shows um i made it a point in my head to not have too many of one specific type of show kind of thing um because let's be honest it's super easy for every choice on your list to be a comedy right like like a sitcom like it'd be so easy because those shows aren't made to be like in any sort of continuity most of the time and can easily be digested in large swaths for whatever reason. Like you can just turn it on kind of thing. So I made a point to like limit myself as far as how many of those I could, I could put on there. Um, It's not saying that I don't have more than one, but I even tried to like, I tried to like make it more specific, like, okay, I have this one and this one is now representative of this type Mm -hmm. of genre. So I'm not going to have any more of exactly that kind of thing. Um, That's what I did. But, but I also included series that like, I personally, like all of the series are series that I have personally binge watched. Like it's not ones that I know are like bingeable, according to social media or whoever else agreed, is shows. agreed yes. these are all shows that i like personally have watched you know through uh same yeah so i'd say that's about it everything else was i, I love mean, it. It, it they were all fair game um Ooh, and I i'm there's a lot anime. you did what i excluded anime am i <laughs> i i also did but not on purpose I just it's because I, I haven't binge. watched it. I don't never binged anime. Uh, so. Speaking speaking of anime, I will. Yeah. I do have to give a shout out to my youngest, Reagan. Uh, she turned me onto a show. And real quick before we list, Mia, I have to ask you. I don't. This <laughs> is like the worst way to describe this. I don't know the name of the show, but it's it's on Netflix. It's an anime series, and it's about kids that live in an orphanage. And essentially, like they're sent to be eaten. She by put demons. you on that show. On Dude. that show. That's the show. That's the show. I, w- I will say this: it's really good. Like oh, I am really- not. I haven't like watched you've- a lot of anime, but I binge watched this series. Like they have. And the you first don't know the name on Netflix. I, I, I don't. I it's, called it's called like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's like it's like lost children or something. That's probably not it at all. But uh, it's essentially just kids living in an orphanage, and like they are groomed and they leave the colony. The promised every- Neverland. The promised Neverland. Jay, it's good. Like it First would. Off, it's a series. 
And you know, you and I, Jay, are probably on the same level with anime. Like, it's just not something that I've ever, like, yeah. dove into. It's not that I'm against it. I just... Sure. Never, oh, yes. You know? But R- Reagan was like, Dad, you got to watch this show, Promise Neverland. It's really good. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, no, it's really good. Like, watch it. And I watched it. And all I kept thinking was, dude, I want to see this in live action. Like, this would yeah. be a amazing like american series if they wanted to remake it so um i i I like it it. could it be done by the same guy who did death note no adam wingard (laughs) no he's too busy doing uh, godzilla vs kong oh um and and then q also since you shared i will share with you because this will make you happy i believe uh amanda has started uh binging the clone wars oh fantastic and is loving the shit out of it. Yes. I've seen I a would... handful of episodes and they're pretty darn good. Clone Wars is good. Rebels is better. Is We're working our way up to that. She's been figuring okay. out like That's the fair. order she's supposed to watch everything sure. in. So I sure. think she's in season three of Clone Wars now wanting to get to where like the Rebels yeah. kind of. Clone Wars, but... the later seasons are like crazy good. Yeah. I will say the first couple seasons are kind of wham, wham, wham. But yeah, the rest are crazy good. But I am very happy to hear that. I cannot wait to talk to her about it once she's done. Because yeah. Rebels is still like one of my favorite, like Star Wars, Star Wars universe, things, yeah. anything. Like I think really, I'm gonna watch. Really I've been trying. To, I catch a little bit of all the like most of the episodes she watches, and I'll sit and watch some. I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing. And what she's been telling me is going on. So when she hits Rebels, I told her I'm going to watch it with her. You so. should, definitely. Because I also have an inkling, even though they brought in like Ahsoka Tano into uh, Mandalorian and she's from Clone Wars, I will say I have a feeling that in the next season of Mandalorian or in the Ahsoka series that's coming up, they're going to delve really heavily into Rebel- some Rebels characters. Yeah, and I um, will binge the shit out of those. Because what happens in the Mandalorian, like with Ahsoka looking for uh, General Thrawn, mm-hmm. that is from Rebels. Like that, yeah. Okay. That storyline picks up directly after Rebels ends. So where Amanda is, Q, if you want to know, is when they found that old Jedi temple with the Force users, and he has like the two kids, and mm-hmm. he ma- he's like tests Anakin to be like the balance keeper. She's yep. in that area of the story. Nice. It gets so much better. I will say the Clone Wars did better by Anakin <laughs> than the fucking prequel trilogy ever did. Like, Everything they I've made seen him a I character. Can... Good for them. I know. Them. <laughs> because it would it would really be sad if like the prequel series version of Darth Vader, if if we just had that and then Darth Vader. <laughs> like, yeah. That'd be a that'd be a real bummer. I'm glad that they decided <laughs> to go back in and like try and they were like, all right, we gotta make this person like an actual character. We need to give him it's something. like, does anybody have any ideas? And Dave Filoni's like, I got a shit ton. <laughs> yeah. Give me like four different series. I'm ready to go. Uh so oh. speaking of four different series, I say that uh we start listing our most bingeable series. Hell yeah. All right, I'm excited to dive into this. Mia, I cannot wait. Now knowing that you have owned zero DVD collections of television series, 
I, I want something special from you. Not only do I want to know the series, but I want to know how you watched it, <laughs> how you binged it. Uh, well, and sometimes the answers may be uh, evident, but yes, I, I'm curious. Yes. Uh, so Mia, what do you got to, to start it off with at number five? My, <laughs> now I feel like I did a terrible job making my list, but I thought Why? So <laughs> no, you no. can't. If you None binge watch the... these shows and you love them, then that's I a great do, list. I do. None of them are older than early 2000s. So let's just that's okay. yeah. say that. That's... Um, uh, uh, not a lot of, I mean, mine are all over the, yeah, you're good. You're good. My number five is Westworld. Oh, definitely. I can get on board with that. Yeah. I like, I liked me some, I, you know what? I'll, uh, I have to admit, I haven't seen past, like I saw, I saw the first season and I saw like three episodes of season two. And and I didn't I didn't stop because I didn't like it. I just fell and couldn't get back up. Um, um, but I liked what I loved. Did what you I press saw. your life alert? I've heard that that helps. I, I, I did a lot. <laughs> you no were like, came. help, help! I can't get back onto Westworld. I've and they're fallen. like, and they're like, hey, we cast Jesse from Breaking Bad. I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm back up now. Yeah. I will say that I too, I have watched the first and second season in their entirety. I have not watched a single frame of season three. So that is, that makes me really sad only because you guys are missing arguably some of the best episodes. Okay, great. Damn. Okay. That don't don't let that make you sad because I, but now I can binge it. Exactly. Haley and I have been talking about it. Like we've been dancing around it since it premiered the third season. We're like, should we start that? And she's like, I don't know. Let's watch more of 90 day fiance. And then, uh, which is, is that also, on your list, by the way, it's not, but it should be. Um, <laughs> but I will say there's only so much like people being stupid about their relationships that I can handle in like a block a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why we'll see why that would be the, that there. would not meet the criteria of bingeable as I like, redefined it. Exactly. No, um, but but no, me, I love I'm, that. Yeah, I would have I, to start over from the beginning because there's so many twists and turns in the first season that I don't remember, and so I would have to and could now binge it because it's not coming out on a weekly basis anymore. Yes, and then like some of the some of my most favorite quotes of all time, which I am a quote, uh, um, holic. Yes. <laughs> I I love them and I have several of them written down. Some of them are in my Facebook memories, like specifically Anthony Hopkins character. A lot mm-hmm. of his lines I have not quoted to other people, but I have like written down and stuff like that. It's just, it's so, uh, I, I don't, I'm sure I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I enjoy chess piece shows. Yeah. Like, and that's I definitely play one that game to save my life, but I love watching it. And yeah, and I love shows that have that. And this show has it in spades. It's I, so I will, I totally agree with you. And it does meet the criteria of bingeable because a lot of the time, every, the episodes would end with a cliffhanger. So if you had the ability to watch, oh, well, what was that beacon in the desert, or what does that symbol mean that he just found? under that thing like 
I I can totally agree. And you mentioned Anthony Hopkins, but I don't want to skirt past West, uh, Westworld without mentioning just the caliber of that show in general. Like, I mean, we've already talked about our love of Jeffrey Wright on other episodes, but I'll mention it again here because it's relevant. Evan Rachel Wood kills it. Dude, I I, I will tell you this. Jimmy Simpson is one of the most underrated actors out there right now. Do do you know? Jimmy Simpson um, is, a spoiler alert, he is, he is, well, Jay, I don't know if you want to cover your ears for this. He's the man in black, the young man in black. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I think he's in the best episode, uh, USS Callister of Black Mirror. He's in one of the best episodes of the Twilight Zone reboot. He is amazing in Westworld. Like he's a really good actor that just kind of flies under the radar. I think, and unfortunately, I think it's because of the character he played so well on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Sure, totally. What is the McPoyle, bro? He's one of Yeah, the because he is just gross in that. He's and so he plays gross. it so well. And that I think that was like, it. it's hard for people to see around him being like a gross, creepy guy. I don't think so. I totally bought it. Like watching him. Oh, no, I still do, buy it. I love him. Yeah. Watching him do Westworld, I mean, that's a totally different character. He's, like, meek, and he's kind of, like, downtrodden for a while. Um, (laughs) I mean, Ed Harris, speaking of him, Ed Harris. Harris. He's bringing it, too. He's having the fun as shit on that show. Oh, um, um, shit. Tessa Tessa Thompson. You mean my twin? Yes. No, my queen. My twin. Oh, yeah. But my queen. queen. (laughs) She's wonderful. She's so I, I loved like the first just and again I've only seen really the first season, but her arc in the first season was she was great. Fantastic. Also, Tessa Thompson is just badass. Uh, Ian, sorry to bother you. Tessa Thompson is like one of the best parts in that movie. Oh, I I love that movie. That is Tessa Thompson, right? I am. I, there are so many so. things you guys have listed. All right, here, like here's seconds. the deal. I get Tessa Thompson and, uh, hold on. I get. Um, I gotta look it up now because now I'm saying no, no, no. Myself. See, you're, you're, you're actually Tessa Thompson. We're mistaking her. She's Thor. She's Valkyrie. Yeah. Yes. That's Tessa Thompson. And she's also in Creed and Annihilation. She's fantastic. Right. Who is? Who are we? Who? She's and in Westworld. Okay, so who is in? Sorry to bother you. That bother you. I'm just gonna look it up because I don't. I am. I'm pulling it up right now. It's Tessa Thompson. It is. She's so fucking great. Okay, so I'm not mistaken. It's Tessa Thompson. It's always been Tessa Thompson and always will be Tessa Thompson. You know what? Tessa Thompson is a chameleon and we should do an episode about it. But there her. is, Wh- I do Women's get her History Month. With someone. She's great. There's another actress that she looks very similar to, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, I'll figure it out. I'll tweet about it or we'll I, I post have it on hashtag, social media. Always Tessa. Yes, it always has been, always will be. It's for her. There's another actress that is that is very similar looking to her, and it's a very Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman yeah. situation. Like for they some came reason, out around the same time. I just time. kind of would... like. Is it Zoe Kravitz? No. Okay. I don't. I don't know who it is. I'll hmm. figure. Although it out. I could see, I could see that. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's a great choice. Westworld yeah. is a great series. I will say, since we just recently had an episode about Christopher Nolan. Those fucking Nolan boys 
they like themselves a good mind a, a good mind fuck you know what yeah. i mean they do like jonathan nolan was like ah i see you brother chris and what you're doing <laughs> with your movies and i raise you a west world I raise you a Michael Crichton movie from the 70s. You are also dealing with time. I'm also going to do time. You're also like, you're going to tell a story non-linearly. I'm going to tell a story (laughs) non-linearly. Fuck you. I'm doing it in a show. Uh, That's a great choice. Uh, Jay, what do you got to contend with Westworld? Honestly, Westworld falls into the same category as my number five, which I would consider like an hour long drama that's bingeable. I Um, love it. Okay. Because, and not, and I'll be honest, not all of them are, you know, there are some, and, and, and I may get catch flack for this, but I remember when we got into Arrow originally, and this is not, Arrow's not my list, but we got, there's something about like the length of that show and being like, man, there are like 26 episodes a season and I'm 15 seasons behind. That it's kind of like, even if I love the show, I almost can't binge it because totally. it's insurmountable. So my my number five falls into the hour-long drama, but it's one of my favorite shows. It is a show I have binged and will binge again and plan on binging uh, because of its sister show here soon. But my number five is Breaking Bad. That's awesome. My number five is also Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. Uh, really? Yes. Fuck yeah, man. I I yes. thought that was I thought that may be out there for the for the list, but nope. the, it's one of the I best written shows. Seen you Holy haven't seen hell. it? Nope. All right. Well, we will we will be sure not to spoil anything about how yeah. the series yeah, goes. That's, that's why I loudly pronounce that. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, and Good I'm call. glad that you said that because one of the things about um I mean, again, I'll just I'll list the the highlights, and now you you do need to watch it. But the acting is just beyond belief. Superb. Um, the right the writing is top top notch, and every episode feels like not only part of something much larger, but a self contained piece of art. It's like Mad Men in that way, but mm-hmm. Mad Men is so heady that it's hard to be mad men's a good example of one that I love, and I think is one of the best shows ever. But I couldn't really binge it. Cause it's Agreed. so heady and I just feel tired after like two episodes of Mad Men, but, but breaking bad, it has what Westworld has where there's a lot of episodes that end where you're like, Holy shit. I have to know what happens. But breaking bad was another one of those shows that I would get together on a weekly basis with friends and watch it every Thursday night when mm-hmm. it Wednesday night, when it would come on mm-hmm. and we would have theories about what would happen and we would have discussions and I just loved it. And so it was one that I watched weekly, but I have gone back. I own all the seasons on DVD and, and pleasurely go back and watch like them all in a row. Cause it's fantastic. Yeah, I will. I will uh, echo that. Although I will say that I did not watch it as it aired. I came to breaking bad the year before the final season aired and Ooh. I binged all because they added it to Netflix. I, I remember binged. that that was the smartest thing they ever did. Yep. I, it was right before the season, like the, the final season, they added the first four seasons to Netflix and I binge watched 
like the first season and then immediately into the second season, then immediately into the third season. And then immediately to the point where I was working, I don't give a fuck now, but I was working at electronic express and I would literally just watch it in my office all fucking day. Like (laughs) I was not working at all. What are you going to do about (laughs) it now? Electronic express, nothing. Zero. Um, but spoiler alert, I wasn't working. I was at work getting paid to watch Breaking Bad. I was <laughs> I watching was them chase that bad. fly. Um, no, but seriously, like I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. Like exactly what you described. I would get, I would, in my mind, I'd be like, all right, after this next episode, I'm going to give it a break for a little bit. I'm going to stop. Then I'd get to the end of that episode and I'd be like, fuck, I've got to watch the next episode because I need what's going <laughs> to At least like the first five happen. minutes up until the credits, at yeah. least to see what the reveal is. And it's like, oh, no, it's a black and white flashback. I don't even get the answer yet. Shit. All right, I'll watch Shit, this whole thing. I guess I got to watch another one. And then like I would literally it's like Pringles. Like once I pop, you yeah. just can't stop. I just can't. And, like, and they don't it. feel <laughs> like 45 minutes of a show. It's just and everybody. No, it, like, would, <laughs> it would like a. Like I said, it would literally be like I would wake up in the morning, I'd start watching Breaking Bad, and then I'd look at my watch and I'd be like, fuck, it's 10 o'clock at night. Like, I've watched this all day. Like, I had no idea. I was just like on autopilot through my life. Um, I am it was the really one good. <laughs> and then I I will tell you, it, it kind of like fucked me up because – then I had to watch the, the final season week to week, and it was driving me insane. Like, because I, I was able, I was able to binge watch like the first four seasons, so I'd become accustomed to like immediately like set up, payoff, set up, payoff, set up, payoff, and then like the final season came, and it was excruciating. Like I'm watching well, it, not and I'm even like, that. <laughs> not even that. They broke this those final season <laughs> into, into two. two. So like the season ended on a cliffhanger and then it was like four we'll months. See you next year <laughs> with the final four episodes or it was whatever. Like, but the book, the book of leaves of grass. Yeah, it was, it was fucking intense, but I, so that's why yeah. it earned its spot on my list. I will say I put it at number five because of the fact that it's not like as we get higher on my list you're gonna see the the trend will become that the shows that are towards the top tier i can literally put an episode on at any given moment and just let it roll and i cannot absolutely not do that with breaking bad like i can put it on and let it roll, but I am also not doing anything else for the rest of the day because I'm glued yeah. to the television watching well, this. It's also the same way like Westworld, uh, Westworld kind of falls into that category is that, yes, it's amazing, but I wouldn't want to just pop in in an episode like I would with like no. Frasier, you know, because it's like, wait, who's Anthony Hopkins today? You know, it, you need totally. the shows around it. So I, that's the same. My, it, was, it was low on my list, not because of quality, but because of bingeableness. Yeah. Right. And like you had said, Jay, uh, now I will say that I haven't, I watched the first half a season of Better Call Saul. I haven't seen any more of Better Call Saul. I've heard that it's absolutely amazing. And <laughs> I know that the final season is coming up, right? Oh. Isn't that... Isn't that the deal? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 
And so I plan on binge watching Better Call Saul, I guess, the right same way Breaking I did Bad. Breaking Bad. Like, I'm going to watch the, all of the previous seasons of Better Call Saul and then have to watch the final season live. I'll tell uh, you, totally worth it. It is fantastic. And uh, Michael McKeon, just Emmys. Give him Emmys. Give him all of the Emmys. I don't oh, know man. about I mean, you guys, but I'm totally in love with uh, young Carlo Esposito. Oh, oh man! Well, let then, me tell you. Let me tell you a little back. story about Giancarlo Esposito. Um, Good or bad? I don't know him. Oh, Jay oh, and nice. I also love him. Okay. And we, we shall. Okay, this project shall remain totally nameless. But at one point, Jay and I were working on an outline for a television series, and in it, we were like dead set on writing one of the characters specifically for Giancarlo Esposito because we think he is such a fantastic actor that we were like, we need to have him in our show. And mark my words, Jay and I will eventually write a TV series of some sort. It will happen and it will get made. We'll and work when we do, it will have Giancarlo <laughs> Esposito in it for some reason. We will Over figure out a way. dead body to put him in our series because he literally is like one of my favorite working actors today. Yes. I, I, I am mesmerized by the man. I, and I was giddy when I saw him pop up in the Mandalorian. I was so <laughs> excited. I was like, cool. I didn't even need, I didn't even know that I wanted this, but I like, yes. So happy. I, I got it. Thank well, you. The thing is Thank there you, was Lucas one Phil. point where, there was one point where I was like watching at the same time, like Better Call Saul, The Mandalorian, and Harley Quinn on HBO Max, sure. and I'm like, he's oh, yeah. in everything I love. He he's is like, he's Lex, he's Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, and in, in Harley Quinn. Yeah, he's yeah, he's you better. He really is like in all of the things that I love. Like he keeps popping up and I'm here for it. Like I'm so, I'm yeah, so on board. So good. Also, I watched a hilarious and it actually ties to Breaking Bad. I watched a hilarious clip of him. I think it was on Conan um, where he said that people, cause he plays in Breaking Bad, not a spoiler, but he plays a bad guy. Yeah. Shocker. Drug dealer. And he was telling Conan that people on the street, when they see him, they don't want pictures. They just want him to be mean to them. <laughs> he was like, he's like, people will come up to me and he's like, they're like, can you just like tell me like that? I'm not like that. I'm worthless. And just give me that look, that look that you do. And he and Conan was like, and are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> he was like, I'll totally be mean to anyone. Like, I think that's great. You, mean you want me to be? At yes. And that's that's what made me love him even more. I was like, exactly. I was like, and that's why I love yeah. him. There's know, a funny quote he has about like messing with his grandkids in that same way or something. Yes, for Grogu, because they'd be like, no, yes. no. Don't get him. He's like, I'm gonna kill that little bastard. And they're like, ah! right. It's awesome. Listen, if anybody is listening to this episode that knows Giancarlo Esposito, please, please. we need to get in touch with him please. badly. Like we are, please. it's desperate, desperate times. Oh, I have a, a little story, a little story about okay. him. Oh. 
it is it is not my story to tell and i will i will ask my friend carl's uh forgiveness later but i feel like it just needs to be told on air but please my friend carl's a cosplayer and he is not a dress-up cosplayer he is an acting cosplayer oh um, nice they're they're a whole other other tier um of cosplaying and uh young carlo was at one of the cons and carl came up to him and he was like hey i have like this actual acting role where i'm playing this bad guy but the director keeps telling me that i'm just a nice guy playing a bad guy how how do you become an actual bad guy and young carlo was like took him seriously because it was apparently wrecking his soul yeah. that he couldn't play a real bad guy that he was just a nice guy playing a bad guy and it was tearing him apart so he's like how do you do this young carlo actually while he was working at the con was like hey i'm going to be taking lunch in such and such time why don't you meet me and we'll sit down and we'll talk about it and i'll give you tips make See? you feel better comfortable whatever and they sat and they had lunch together and it helped him out a lot and i was just like that's He's awesome. Married, but I'm married. I think. <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, Giancarlo and uh, Keanu Reeves just need to start an organization to teach people how to be human, like great humans. Yes, I agree. I'd be. I'd be very on board with that. Uh, all right. Yep, so something to bring up later, cute. Don't let me okay. forget. I will not. Uh, speaking of bringing something up, it's time that yeah. you bring up your number four, Mia. What is your number four? My number four is the Witcher. Is, is what? The Witcher. The Witcher. Yeah. I know that's we a, binge. Mm-mm. We binge that. It, I know it's. We, we also binge that. It's so good, but it I'll tell you what. I I didn't yeah. want to like it. I kept seeing trailers, and I was like, "This is gonna be stupid. This is gonna be so <laughs> stupid." And then we started watching it, and then I was like, "I fucking love this." Like I love this so much. I don't know why. Cavill but I, nails I love it. This. Cavill he does. I'll tell you why Cavill? Cavill nails it. He's who he's he's what makes the show really, yeah. and and that's weird because it's not always the lead who makes a show. It's some off lovable or right. whatever character that people are like, oh my god, I love this character, and that happens usually across the board where it's not really the main character that everybody yeah. loves. It's the side character, but I love watching him in the show and i'm also very fantasy focused just mm-hmm. as a person like my game of choice is a fantasy game my reading of choices my anime choices right. my like anything fantasy so if something fantasy related was going to have yeah. to and when i say fantasy i mean like quote unquote old school fantasy where we have like different creatures and their sword fighting and right. a little bit of magic like in there medieval, but like, like medieval that. but magical and like yeah. Is, yeah yeah i i um yeah i'm i'm with you i think one of the things that i think benefited the witcher mm-hmm. and why i thought why i went into it with like kind of a like ah, i'm not gonna like this was i was huge into game of thrones and i felt mm-hmm. like oh this is just gonna be a kind of a game of thrones wannabe to fill that gap now that that show's gone but and it feel like that it didn't feel like that and that's a big credit to them because i kind of think like they had that against them from the beginning just given the concept given the everything but i think the they benefited first 
Yes, exactly. Like it, it but it existed. So there was a benefit there. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that Henry and everybody who wrote it and produced it knew exactly what show they were making. And that really helped because we did like, I'm the same way Q. I was going to watch and I was like, Oh, fine. Well, I'll watch. I like Henry Cavill and mm-hmm. I liked game of Thrones. Like this will scratch the itch. And I think we blazed the whole thing in a weekend. Same. Haley and I were obsessed with it. Like we were like every night she would get off work and, or I, we'd both get off work and we'd be like, Hey, do you want to watch the Witcher? And she's like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I will say that one of my favorite parts of the Witcher two to talk about side characters is Jaskier, the, the minstrel. minstrel. Yeah. Uh, dude, his, his fucking, his whole bit, and yeah. his the songs that he sings, toss a coin to your Witcher, literally was on my Spotify playlist. Like I was listening, it was like number one in the country for a couple it's weeks. Stupid, like it's so stupid that that was a thing, but it was a thing. And toss for me, I was not immune. Yeah, it's good. Also, it's like, I will say there was uh, a bit of a uh, I, what I like to call a Knight's Tale effect with the witcher where they kind of would introduce like modern feeling idioms and music cues and things into the witcher even though it's like a medieval tale there was a lot of like butt electric guitar rock when he was fighting monsters but they would also they would also have like some of the humor was very modern you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of the things that they that characters would say, mm-hmm. and it it kind of like pulled me out. But I was also like, once it would pull me out of it, I was like, "Ah, oh, but this is pretty good still." Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I like this. And so I talked about it with Haley afterwards, and I was like, I think it was the Knight's Tale effect. Like as much as it, those two things seem to not go together. I fucking mm-hmm. love a Knight's Tale. Like yeah. it's so stupid that it's great like the music is very butt rocky and it's a medieval movie but somehow it works i don't i don't know alan Uh, tujic and um and heath ledger that's how it works dude i'll tell you what if 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 i could see alan tujic in the witcher i would be so pumped like dude what if he he comes in as like another minstrel who's like an evil cool one billion percent yes i'm totally (laughs) down to play anything there were like, two sure. things about that that I so first off, I'd never been more there was only one problem I personally had with the show, and that was the use of the word destiny. I wanted to pop people. <laughs> How many times do we need to know that this girl is your destiny? You we don't Mia, <laughs> Mia it was their destiny to say destiny. It was capital D Listen, destiny. she was Destiny's child. <laughs> hey i can't help it that you're not ready for this jelly okay (laughs) and you know what he don't want no scrubs that's tlc (laughs) i said you don't want no scrubs no (laughs) but i will say that once you toss a coin to your witcher he can pay his own bills Bills, 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 bills. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing, Beyonce, was, 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like Michelle Williams. I'm just naming people <laughs> from yes. Destiny's Child now. <laughs> there was uh I wanted to put like Xena, Warrior Princess. She yes. probably would have ended up being my number one, but I've never finished it and I've never binge watched it after. So oh, okay, it, yeah. Witcher, Witcher kind of took place of shows like those that I did grow Witcher up Witcher is a better show, to be fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is in that, like, it's the same, like, the Hercules show and the Xena yeah. show. Like, All yeah. of those Witcher shows. fits into that type of show, but is way better than both of those. That's why it's sure. one on the list. Speaking exactly. of way better, Jay, what do you All have right. for your number four? So my number four is um, a guilty pleasure binge, Ooh. Um, and it's a type of show that uh, Q, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for a good cooking show. Oh, and I do. So, I do. So there are a lot of shows that could have fallen into that category, but not, my number four is just the straight up guilty pleasure of cooking shows, and it's The Great British Bake Off. <gasps> nice. Yes. I can legitimately I, tell you, I have never seen an a single episode of that show you know what and that's that's totally understandable and yeah. totally okay absolutely the thing about it is i think if you started you'd love it yeah because here's the thing Maybe. here's the thing and, and it's it's like it's it seems perfectly crafted to be bingeable but mm -hmm. every season there's like nine episodes Every episode is a theme and everyone's baking the same types of things and everyone's just really nice to each other. They are really and then, nice. <laughs> and then you've got you've got the guy from the Mighty Boosh walking around making jokes. Like it's like that's the whole show and it's like 40 minutes or something. Yeah. And it's great. And that's every awesome. season there's a bunch of people that you like. Yeah, it's just it's so bingeable, it's so it guilty pleasure watchable. It's just pleasant and I as the cooking shows go, that's the one that we probably binge more often. And to your point, Q, like you can pick up any episode in any season and watch it. It doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's the nicest competition show I have ever seen. It's fantastic. Yeah. And the things See, they make are like really cool. It's like, yeah, I made like this five layer cake and in the center layer, I built uh, a, a model of the house I grew up in out of gingerbread. <laughs> And then the bottom portion is blown glass that looks like my family. I made all of this in four hours outside while a British man was talking to me. Yep. It's like, that's really impressive. <laughs> that's such a low-key description for what sounds like such a low-key show. It's just like, it it's, is. it's really it's, nice. It's background noise, too. Yeah. And British I love people. that. Well, I can nice say... I can say definitively that my number four is also a guilty pleasure show, although it is very different from the Great British <laughs> Bake Off and has actually been name checked by Mia uh, towards the beginning of the episode. And my number four is Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Shut nice. up. That's a Swear to God. That's a Dude. good choice. <laughs> I beyond happy <laughs> i love law and order svu i often will just watch 10 or 12 episodes in a clip just yeah. like i'll just today is law and order svu day uh well like i said in hotel rooms like tnt used to just have hey we're gonna play law and order 
from Friday at two in the afternoon until you're dead. And like not used to, just so you know, they still still, do. Yeah, I know. I just don't know what television is anymore. Um, but like, yes, I that's a fantastic choice, Q. Yeah, I plus I can never I can never get enough of iced tea saying semen. (laughs) Semen. I'm into that. Uh, Richard Belzer is fucking awesome on that show. So random that he's in it, but great. So random. Richard Belzer is awesome. Uh, Christopher Maloney is one of my fucking favorite actors. Uh, Mm -hmm. The amazing, the fact that Mariska Hargitay has been on this series since the beginning, and they're like 23 seasons deep. They're like, she like, if you go back and watch like the first episode, she is a young pup in the first couple episodes uh-uh. and like the fact that she has spent her entire life basically on law and order SVU is it's crazy. Amazing. Um, but it's just one of those shows that like, ev- like one of my favorite games is, Oh shit. I didn't know. So-and-so played a, ca- had a cameo in this yeah! episode. Like literally every actor under the sun has been yes. on law and order at some point. Like they and it's all just like it's law and order. It's not even a badge of honor. It's just like a bunch of them like want to do it. Yeah. Then it's it's even more fun when you watch enough of it that you realize that they often also bring back actors to play different characters. Yep. Like <laughs> oftentimes, like at one point, perfect example. Uh, and I, Mia, I don't know how familiar. I may get way. Oh, I'm so ready for you this. to start talking All right. about it. Do you, are you aware of the character? Uh, he's a detective named Sonny on. Yes. Okay. So Sonny, the, the actor that plays him, appeared in earlier seasons as one of the criminals. Yep. Like he, <laughs> he was on the series as a criminal, had a whole episode about him being a criminal. Then several years later, came back as a main character detective on the series <laughs> with a different I know, name. I don't know any other television show that does that. Like, like none that they're like I did that with one of their prosecutors too. I think like yes, blonde, like she's a blonde chick. She was in an episode. She was a villain, and she came back, and they were like, "Let's keep you. You can be." It's fine. literally. Think, I, it's literally like the producers are like, "There's enough episodes." That there's it doesn't no matter. way anybody's gonna remember. That and then he was like, "Hey guys, I remember." <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Like I fucking yeah. love it. I was like, so weird. Like there's just like recycling actors, and it's because they've literally used everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> they're like every. They're like, there's no way we can't recycle actors unless we start hiring out of high school productions. <laughs> there's no way that we can get fresh actors. Every it's like, episode. wait a minute. Is that like a 15-year-old Topher Grace? It's like, yeah, it is. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. Wait, wait, wait. Is Fred Armisen an extra in this one? He's like, he sure is. (laughs) You're like, weird. Okay, cool. I didn't know Barbara Um, Streisand was covered in murder in this episode. It's fucking awesome. Also, it's very... And like, I know the subject matter isn't funny, right? Like, SVU Special Victims Unit is sexual assault cases. Like, that's all it's about. But I will say the amount of cases that are essentially just the same thing, like every, (laughs) every episode, the like, 
and then that person got raped and murdered. And you're like, yeah, okay. And they're like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, no, it's not. You also saw this exact thing two episodes ago. <laughs> like, like, I know it's not the worst thing you saw in your life. They're like, there's 17 decapitated it. bodies. And I'm like, well, three episodes ago, there was 50 decapitated bodies. I don't know. I don't know what sort of thing you're gauging the worst thing you've ever seen in your life on. But you're wrong. As you're an being observer, hyperbolic. You're yeah, and I don't appreciate it. Ice tea, semen. <laughs> one of my so I I'm pretty sure I've said this one too, but I have like a husband line, like actors that I'm like. Is Ice Tea on there? Uh, no. Oh, he's on but mine because he's from, taken by Coco. And he's on my, my husband line. Remain. I don't want to break that up at all. But sure. the first husband to ever be put on my list was Vincent D'Onofrio, and he's on their sister show, Criminal. Oh, oh. sure, sure. Okay. Nothing nothing goes better together than a little iced tea and cocoa, you know what I'm saying? Yo. I, I hate that True. so much. Um, <laughs> it's delicious. Delicious. But I will say, I will say, I fucking love Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, yeah. Vincent My goodness. D'Onofrio, but, I mean, he's not on SVU, but no, he's not. But no, I'm just saying, I just love him. So. Yeah, he's. On I love a- it. Also, the fact that they have like 30 different versions of Law and Order, also very awesome. I mean, like, yeah. there's again, this is a good kind of category type because you could have like NCIS or CSI or um oh oh shit, why can't I remember the one that's uh, no, it's a CSI Miami, Miami, so it's just another one. Criminal Minds, like these, it's a type. These are definitely a type of bingeable show. We did it with Criminal Minds, but. I fell off kind of hard on that one after about 13 seasons. Yeah. You and I believe the rest of America. <laughs> right. They like petered out two more seasons. Haley, uh, the only reason I know that is because Haley is a huge Criminal Minds fan. The thing is, I I dug it. Like, I, I was with it. Sure. But then it just kind of kept. I fell, I fell off after. If this gives you any any uh, comprehension i fell off after mandy patinkin left the show which is like the second season yeah the show was the best when he was on honestly it was yeah i agree well everything's better with mandy patinkin i literally watched the elmo movie elmo and grouchland the other day and he's in it and instantly it was a more enjoyable movie honestly i I know i'm watching an elmo movie right now but it has mandy patinkin i'm fine he he joined tiktok (laughs) And uh, and it made oh, it he's doing great on TikTok. It made TikTok better. Yeah, it did make TikTok better. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's it. Mia. So that's my SVU. So that means we're bringing it back around. Mia, it's time for your Mia, number three. We're getting towards three, uh, the top. My number three is Stranger Things. Ah. My number three is Stranger Things because yes. I don't handle horror based shows very well sure Um, sure. and of all the ones that i know that exist and ones that i will never watch (laughs) this is the one i would and because of that like but it also has it has a little bit of my fantasy because uh the friends they just want to play D &D and that's actually part of the structure of the show which Mm -hmm. i love um it has 80s era stuff the colorization of the show the setups of the show just it's just an eyegasm an eargasm 
and a soul yeah. I love watching it and I have uh, absolutely watched it again and I will probably continue to do that. One of my other husbands is on the show, but anyway. I, uh, <laughs> I really don't appreciate I, you talking about Finn Wolfhard that way. It's creepy that you're so into him, Mia. And he's Sorry, young. he's like 13. Is he? No, he's like <laughs> way older about David Harbour. I know who you're talking about. I was kidding. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're like, no, Sean the Daddy character. That's the one I want. That one. I'm a tiny baby know, boy. It's, it's <laughs> funny that you, uh, I, okay, so spoiler alert, like Stranger Things isn't on my list, but I, okay. it was the very first show I thought of when sure. we said bingeable TV shows, yeah. because ironically, and in a weird way, and I know it's a more recent show, but what the Duffer Brothers and Netflix did with that was sort of make binging TV a cultural normity. And I know it was I know it was normal before that, but I don't. There was something about them releasing all of Stranger Things at the same time and how big it actually was mm -hmm. that sort of normalized the idea of well, we're gonna hit up like 10, 11 episodes of this you know show this weekend. Like we're yeah. gonna start I mean, it, it was on Friday a, night and we're gonna be done by Monday. It was yeah. a true phenomenon, like for sure. Now, I will it's everything ask, I love. Stephen King, horror, 80s references. Yep. It's Jay, everything speak, in my alley. Speaking of uh, that show, Stranger Things, created by the Duffer Brothers, uh, are you? do you know what their next project is, Jay? Um, they, they're doing um, Stephen King, The Talisman, aren't they? Yeah, the Peter Straub, um, Stephen King, yeah. The Talisman. How That's do you feel about that, knowing that they are the, yeah. the Stranger Things guys? How do you, do you feel like they're the right the right choice for the talisman the talisman takes place in dual dimensions so yeah so you feel like all right they got it they've got the stephen king voice now they're actually going to have like his story and his structure and his characters and they have already shown that they can do storylines that involve like mirror dimensions and time gaps and things like that and that's all talisman is and it's an adventure story and they do those well it's about, sure. a, it's about a teenage kid going on an adventure with demon worlds and such. Cool. I'm Save excited. Mom. I'm excited. A, who is who's doppelganger on the other side of the universe is like a princess who he has to rescue. It's kind of like Never Ending Story and Stranger Things and like Hellraiser all kind of had a baby. Oh, that sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> right? That's yeah, not... I'm on board with that. Ooh, I, I, I mean, I might watch it. Straight Stranger so Things. It, so. Stranger Things is a very good series. I will give you that, Mia. Uh, I feel like Stranger Things is one of those series that uh, the fir the first season was awesome. The second season was pretty awesome. The third season was like pretty good, and I'm worried that the fourth season is going to be just like good. And oh, then I kind of no. the fifth season is going to be like, man. I have a different uh, trajectory. I think the first season was incredible. The second season was fine, and then the third season was a little better. And then I'm worried about where the fourth season is going to go, and hope they end with five because after that, the Duffer Brothers probably won't want to do it anymore. Sure. I think. I think the second season does what second seasons and and sequels are supposed to do, which is further character True. build. So I think 
<clears throat> when it when it came to that that it did a great job and it made me care more about the characters that I'm watching it gave me more of a the backdrop that I think I required in order to continue to enjoy the show I was way glad that Will got more to do but I really wish they'd leave him the fuck alone at this point yeah <laughs> I like picking on that kid poor poor kid yeah uh all right well Jay that rolls all us right. right into your number three so my three starts basically where I get more into like really, really like bingeable bite size shows and things. Same um, three is a nostalgia pick. It is one that I watched on television. It is one that I owned as soon as I could on DVD that I have watched since have watched a couple times since uh, it's one that I've mentioned on the show, but my number three is boy meets world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted a kind of family sitcom style. And honestly, in it, it, this is taking the place of like Seinfeld or Friends or some of those that are sitcom style. But Boy Meets World is one that I, again, it's, uh, it's one of the first seasons I owned from front to back on DVD uh, that I didn't piecemeal together, that I just like went avidly and got all of them. And it's one that I have watched a lot and is just, I grew up with those characters and love those shows. And yeah, I'll binge it. I I'll love it. Any, I'll I pick any it. episode. I'll binge I love it any it. day of the week. I will tell you that I definitively, it did not get on my list, but only because one of the other shows that you mentioned kind of knocked it out of its spot. It's but I will a, say- It's in a similar category of a lot of I these. will say definitively- <laughs> I also have a huge passion for that show. And you and I have talked multiple times about yes. starting a boy meets world side podcast where we just like every episode of the oh, podcast, wow. we just discuss an episode of boy meets world beginning to end like the entire series, which I'm still very much on board with. And I would oh, be so very I interested to know if anybody listening to high five the podcast right now, Please let us know if you too would be interested in a Boy Meets World we'll podcast where Don't just tempt Jay and I deep dive into every episode of Boy Meets World because we will. Like, we will do it. Don't tempt us. Um, no, yeah, I love that choice, man. We've talked about Boy Meets World a bunch on the show. Like, I, I yeah, love I'm not going to drive the point to death. It's just, it is bingeable. I think it meets all my criteria. I can pick up wherever. I love it. The episodes are short, like 23 minutes without commercials on dvd and it's just it makes me feel good it it, is a, like it, weirdly enough i mean not weirdly enough all, all like british bake off this one my number one for sure the shows that make me feel good that's what i want when i'm in the show. i want to have it i want to feel good from it i will i will agree with that and that actually hey, is a perfect you. segue to my number hey, three uh, so my number three to you, took the, the kind of workplace sitcom. Says, hey, is anybody um, out there having any and, good and, and, ideas? And, but it's not what you think like, it is. So, I've got a good idea. But you I'm not a huge thing, fan of just the office. Sit there. Just to, like, that ever happened to you, Q? I'm just No not. way, man. That's like, never I think happened it's to me. Fine. Oh, God. Oh, I'm on fire. Oh, my pants. 
instantly burst into play. I think are brilliant. You know, that but never my number three is Parks and Rec, liar, liar, which I think is a far superior show version of The Office, essentially. I think it has a better ending, for sure. And I think it has better character development. But it's essentially the same kind of show. Like, it's, they still have the, you know, the professional moments. It's still like a documentary film crew style. It's just a slice of the life of the this very boring, like, small town, Pawnee, Indiana, Parks and Rec How you doing over there, Q? Oh, God, I can't feel any of the skin on my legs! characters and the uh that's right the character liar liar is awesome. fire aubrey that. plaza is fucking amazing uh yeah and nick Chris offerman Pratt, is beyond is beyond good nick, hey. nick offerman is a fucking like amazing this? um Are you uh, god what's his name I mean, and amy uh, poehler i mean let's not amy poehler no Boy, but um i'm trying to think of the guy he was on an episode of Boy Meets World. Um, he plays Adam her Scott love interest, Adam Scott. Life. Thank you. And just, not uh, a episode of Boy Meets World. Just like many episodes of Boy Meets World. Well, in front of a bitch. he was he was the replacement bully for Harley Kiner. Harley Kiner. And he was on like listen, no longer. Listen, guys, we know our Boy Meets World. He went to France. Hey, hey, I even watched. I even watched Girl Meets World. Gordon Ramsay. You know what? So did I. Um, it was good. Uh, it was pretty good. Pretty yeah, it, it was. was not yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It started off weak, but once <laughs> they started like, actually it got bringing fellow entertainment, once they started bringing superstar um, Eric back into the fray and like widening talking what they were doing, got a lot better. I will say, a, I will even throw out there. Once they started tying up steaks. loose ends from Boy Meets World, yes. that's when the show started firing on all cylinders. They were like, Andy once they figured Dickle, out that the, the show's sole dining. purpose for existing was a nostalgia trip to Boy Meets World, everything started clicking, no. and they started bringing back characters from all over the place. And I'm like, yes, I love this. I want to yeah, revisit work. these people. Work. Exactly. But anyway. That's not my number three. My number three is Parks, Parks and Rec. Rec. Um, I will say it also was my introduction to Ben Schwartz, who, <sighs> it, as John Ralphio, is maybe one of my favorite sitcom characters. Like he is ever. the worst. <laughs> it's pills, baby. Um, he's fucking. He's. I literally have. I have a T-shirt of John Ralphio. Have you guys ever seen like the wolf heads howling at the moon? Like, yeah. yeah, I have that, but it's just like different John Ralphio's like howling. I have almost bought that shirt on Amazon twice. I've, don't be suspicious, guys. Don't right? be suspicious. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, him and his sister. Don't be suspicious. Wait, who's the actress? Jenny Slate plays his Jenny sister, Slate. who's also fantastic and fucking the role. awesome. Uh, but him, Aziz Ansari, is fucking awesome in that series. Uh, that they show have turned a... me around on Aziz Ansari. Before, I, I wasn't like, I knew Aziz from his stand up and then from his bit parts in movies. And I thought he was just insufferable, not realizing that like that was his character. Yeah. As his stand up character. So on Parks and Rec, <laughs> when I got to see him in action over and over and over again, it turned me. 360 or 180 yeah. on on Aziz. I'm sorry. 
you've even got like awesome cameos from Jason Manzukis is on Parks and Rec, and he's yeah. fucking awesome. Uh, what um, literally? Who's the um? Who's the uh, the other the senator? Not the senator, but the you got jammed. <laughs> the actor oh Jeremy Jam. It's um Jeremy. uh fucking what's his Ow. name? He's he's a he's in Adult Swim. A lot of Adult yes. Swim shit. Like um I can't think of his name. Um. But anyway, it's a it's a killer show. Uh, actually, now that we're talking about it, I may go watch some tonight. Like when we get done recording, now I'm like, I want to watch some Parks and Rec. Um, it's a really silly show. It's very lighthearted, but it was my workplace sitcom. All right, this is it. This is for all the marbles, all of the yeah. binging. This is our top two and one. I'm very excited to hear. Mia, you've had a great list so far. I know you were a little hesitant at first, but I will but you say, have been. yeah, this has been a great list. So I'm cool. very curious to know what your number two is. My, so one and two are both cartoons. So let me just put that. Nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 yes. Good, good. Where are you going? Um, My number two is avatar the last airbender oh you preached about it to us multiple times yes Yes. Uh, why why is it so bingeable how long there you you go (laughs) it's one of those so um it's very culturally culturally forward um it teaches real life consequences and probably one of the things that everybody talks about the most that I will forever agree with, it has one of the best character arcs ever, ever. Oh, ever. yeah? The Zuko character arc is insane. It is. That is a delicious. hefty claim. It is. It is. Okay. And once you guys finally watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. I but, started. Okay. You started? I did. I'm yeah. only like four episodes in, but. I started it based off of the last time that we talked about it and you derided me for not having watched I'm, it. All right. Maybe I'll have uh, to start it now. Yes. I but mean, I will. Good. I will say I watched the first episode and then you're not going to like this. I watched the first episode and then I was like, well, I could keep watching some more episodes or I could go really quick and watch that M night Shyamalan version of this. <laughs> And guess what I chose? (laughs) I chose to go back and watch the live action movie. And I'll tell you what. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hear me out. Beat for beat. The movie is almost exactly the pilot of the television series. Like Watchmen, like Zack Snyder's Watchmen level, like recreating like dialogue lifted directly from the pilot episode of the cartoon happens in the movie. So then I went down a whole rabbit hole. And this is why I stopped watching the show for a while Uh of I I'm not a hundred percent sure why fans hate that movie so much. Cause it was essentially the live action version of the cartoon, like of the cartoon. So I understand that they that like changed some things later they like condensed later seasons into it which i don't know yet because i haven't gotten there in the animated series but at least the first two-thirds like 25 30 minutes of the film uh-huh. is the pilot episode of the series 
That I, so first off, I've never seen it. <laughs> so that's its own thing. Um, I have I, seen it and did not like it, but I haven't watched the show. I I didn't like it for completely other reasons. Oh, sure. Well, so one of the things about the show that was so conscious was. I don't, I don't know any, it was a very ethnically charged show and only ethnically mm. charged, despite the way some of the characters looked, there were, there were no European people in the show. They did look, like, okay, to I be fair, right? no, you can say it, white people. There uh, were no white people in the show. As, as a representative, God. as a representative white person, I will allow you to call them white people. It's Thank totally you. fine. Or crackers <laughs> Only, if you but want. if you're like, saying that is it, also like, acceptable. Why? Um, white, white people, white. Um, I will say they, I was surprised. That was one thing that I did notice in watching the animated series. I was surprised at how Caucasian they're all drawn, like they look, yeah, very white. And then when I watched the movie and it is just full of white people, I was like. Ah, now I understand. Because they, to be fair, the actors that they cast mm-hmm. look like the animated counterparts. Like if you put them side by side in a picture, you'd be like, yeah. "Oh, they cast them because they look like this character." I get it. Um, although I will say, what's his name from Slumdog Millionaire is fucking awesome. Uh, he's awesome all the time. Well, he's is, great. Yeah, and all I can't the, think of that guy's name, but he's he's a great actor. Dev, but he's Dev in Patel? the live action. Dev Patel. Yeah, Dev. So yeah, that's that's an interesting choice. I did you see that they recently announced that they're starting a whole production studio with with Nickelodeon, and it's called like Airbender Productions or something or Firewater something. Uh, It they like that is another series that, and I don't know why. I missed the train on it, but it was another like hugely cultural phenomenon type show. Like for a certain age demographic, I've talked to several people who like that show was momentous for them in their lives. You know what I mean? Like huge, 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 huge. Um, So yeah, I, I, that totally makes sense that it would be on your list. Yep. I, I dig that Jay. You All seem right. to get excited when Mia said that her choices were cartoons. So I'm guessing somewhere oh. in the next two, there will at least be a cartoon. Weird, no, weirdly enough, no. Um, oh, okay. I got excited because I had to cut cartoons from my list and was mm. very upset by it. You cut and The Simpsons, didn't you? I did. I, cut I know Simpsons you did because I know how much you love The Simpsons. I cut The Simpsons and I cut Rick and Morty in, in That's final fair. edits. That's fair. Uh, And I hated doing it, but I had to cut them. So my number two is honestly just a personal, uh, another guilty pleasure, but topic. And it's true crime. I love true crime stuff. Like I like, I mean, my wife, Amanda listens to true crime podcasts and I, you know, we'll watch. So it was a battle between you a lot constantly of different... try and figure out how she's going to murder you. Exactly. So, true crime always, is awesome. I'm always wrong. Um, I always <laughs> get murdered. But so there were a handful that kind of fit into the category. Like you got your cold case crimes or your forensic files or whatever. But my number two is Unsolved Mysteries. Cause oh, it's a show I that I that will show. fucking binge. Like there's a Pluto channel that's just 
unsolved yes. mysteries 24 hours yep. a day and it's so fun to just pop in and see some good old robert stack and and the the, the reason it's bingeable is because they're always like bite-sized chunks it's like a 10 minute story about a ghost and then a five minute story about a guy who a ufo stealing, yeah <laughs> st- like a ufo and then a 10 minute story about a guy stealing someone's identity and how they caught him and then next week on we may talk about jack the ripper and then they don't talk about jack the ripper the next week and it's three different stories and even the new version of unsolved mysteries on netflix which is modernized but and it's not like hosted and there's one mystery per episode it's still very bingeable it's netflix they release them in chunks like i don't know it's just as a true crime representative i wanted a true crime representative on my list i love the the genre and unsolved mysteries just is kind of the cream of the crop for me i love it i love that at once again just for everybody out there, Jay and I have also talked about doing an Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> podcast or some sort of watch along because we are also both fans of Unsolved Mysteries. I was so um, happy when they released it like on Amazon Prime a couple of years ago. So awesome. So awesome. Uh, I really respect that. I didn't even think about that show. So I actually really like that you put that on there. I didn't even think about that kind of series. Um, my number two say what oh i was going to say that i found that around the same time that i found uh svu (laughs) so they they were both very sure totally murder mystery types yeah uh my number two is also a nostalgia pick but it is i told you that i'd bring it back around there was a tv series that i got a season of here we go. When I got my DVD player and that TV series was the very first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I knew it was um, going to be on your list. I didn't know where. I now listen. Here's the deal. I know oh currently boy. talking about Joss Whedon right now is is a no-go, right? Deep. He he's a shit heel. All right? Fine. The show is fucking good. And I know that there were now it's coming out like Charisma Carpenter has come out and said that like working with Joss Whedon on set was super uncomfortable. Um, uh, what's uh, Michelle? I can't think of her. Yeah, Michelle yeah, Trachtenberg said she had like has come out and said, it. yeah. So like that all is very unfortunate, and I like hate that. And if I would have known about it, I would have protested the show during the making of it, but. I didn't, and I have now fell in love with that show, and I had no idea that that happened. And if anything, I want to credit that series and their performances because they are fantastic in it, despite the horrors that they had going on behind the scenes, right? Like, all of those actresses were awesome and continue to be awesome. Um, So that said, though, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a huge show for me um, for a couple different reasons. Mia, much like you, I am not necessarily a huge like horror buff, so Ooh, to nope, speak. That's me. Um, but Buffy gave me a little bit of everything I do like in a horror, which is an, a, a little dose of horror with a hefty dose of comedy to like to like follow the medicine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and I really, really enjoyed the series. I thought it was funny. I thought it was clever. It was, you know, I've talked about it before on the series that, you know, 
its musical episode is like one of my favorite musical episodes of all time uh it's just a really really well done series um and it eclipsed the movie that preceded it for me um the christy swanson movie which is also enjoyable in its own right like it's another like super weird thing that exists but buffy the vampire slayer was easily my number three or my number two um because it was one of the first series it was the first series that i ever binge watched i watched that first season on dvd that they got me beginning to end and then i immediately went out and bought the additional seasons and then i ended up watching the final season live on television that happens to me a lot it happened to me with breaking bad happened to me with buffy um better call Saul. I love it to this day and I've still I've gone back and revisited the series time and time again. I watched it with both of my kids. They also are big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans now. Um, It's got a great comic book series that followed up uh, the continued adventures kind of uh, I think it's called season eight because it ended on season seven and they called the comic book series Buffy season eight. Um, (laughs) It's just good. It's just all around good shit. So good stuff. Yeah, my number two, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Love it. So that's it, man. That gets us to our number ones. Mia, I'm curious to know what it is. It going to be Legend of Korra? Like, I'm just trying to think of like show other animated series that tie in. Is it The Simpsons? No, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was younger, and I wasn't allowed to watch South Park either. So. Okay. Both could have qualified though. You've eliminated yeah. two series that I was that I was sure that it, it could have been. Okay, well, my number one is Steven Universe. Oh, wow. sure. Good. That is a yeah. that is a fresh that is a fresh animated series. Yeah. But and, one that deserves people binging it and watching it and and yes. talking. Uh, actually, we were watching it. Emma was watching it, and it was amazing. And I, I I haven't binged it, but I value that show quite a bit. Yes, I mean this show surpassed a lot of the cartoon shows that I grew grew, grew up. Yes, see there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I grew up with. <laughs> um, it it surpassed all the tsunami shows that were on Cartoon Network, like. It, it surpassed Powerpuff Girls. It surpassed Doug. It surpassed Rugrats. It surpassed Ooh. so many. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Just because you said it, did you know that they're doing a live action Powerpuff Girls series on the CW? Yeah. And they did you hear about this? They yeah. did you see they're the also, cast? Yes. They're also bringing what is back, happening? They're bringing um, back Rugrats somehow. They are. I saw that. It's CG. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore, guys. They're just like doing oh. things. I don't like the world Look, we're the in, guys. That I think is even remotely close to being okay is Dove Cameron as Bubbles, because <laughs> it. Well, makes- sure. Because <laughs> she's blonde and with big I'm, blue like, eyes, and you're like, okay, sure. sure. You're bubbly. That's it. Yeah. No. Although um, I'll. I really want to see a live action Mojo Jojo. I'm just throwing that out there. Like if I get to watch a monkey run around with like his brain exposed, I'm 1000% on board. Suit. I want to hear him talk like Mojo Jojo. <laughs> How are they going to do uh, her? I don't know, but I would really love to see it. 
<laughs> that was actually great. That was <laughs> really good. Thank you. Her. Hey, if you hear, do you hear that CW? You could totally cast me as her. I'd be or him. Her. I'd be totally him. It was totally, him. It was him. I'd be Sorry, her is bad. just a really great R and B singer. But I would totally. I would totally be down to play. I will also play Mojo Jojo if you want. I'll go full Andy Circus on that bitch. I'll, I will be the best exposed brain gorilla that you've ever seen. Be incredible. Um, I pick Steven Universe mostly because it's one of the only TV shows to have ever made me cry. And uh, Avatar was also one of them. Th that's wow. part of the. I, first off, Growing up, I was not much of a crier. I thought if I cried, it meant I was weak. So I was constantly fighting it back. So I never let myself cry for anything. But as I have become an adult and Steven Universe came out as I am an adult. So I let my emotions run free and free to the room while I was watching that show. <laughs> sure. It had, I mean, it's, it's a kid's TV show. The art style is very kid-like, but a lot of the over and undertones of the show are very strong they have mm -hmm. um they have bisexuality and lesbianism and they have uh, trans stuff going on there they, they have a lot of where avatar was trying to speak on the world as a whole and how it conducts itself um like with uh racism and stuff like that steven universe now was tackling a whole other thing that avatar didn't which was a self-identification and uh sexuality and stuff like that uh and also everyone was a bad guy and everyone was a good guy i like and it i loved that i loved that's the, cool the, the psychological aspects of the show when you watch it as an adult you're like this is really heavy why was this a kid's show but you but you realize also, the music is really good. There's one particular song that every time I even try to sing, and I'm like, let's make it through. We can sing this. And <laughs> it's really, really hard. Um, also, my favorite character of all time ever anywhere to include video games and books and movies is in that show. And that's Garnet because she's the embodiment of love. And I am a very love-focused person. And that's my girl. So there we go. You will, you will be going, very but... pleased and maybe slightly jealous to know that one of the first things that Jay and I did when we became High Five the Podcast, we went to and were covering press at a, a now defunct uh, con in Nashville called GMX. And we actually got to sit down and interview Zach Callison um, yep. before, like, we had. And I mean, I assume you, Jay, also didn't know, but like, I didn't know what Steven Universe was really. I I uh, went and like I was aware of it. Before. Yeah, <laughs> I went and watched clips before we went, so I could speak knowledgeably about it to him. But I, I was not a watcher of the yeah. show. We got at that point. we got to meet him, and we got to, in that same that same time we got to meet uh, the girl that plays Marceline um, mm -hmm. oh, from Adventure okay. Time. Yeah, yeah, which um, was also cool, but. Uh, yeah, so that was just a little tidbit for you, Mia. Is uh, maybe one day we will get to talk to Zach Callison again. Anyone and on that show would make me happy, honestly. But yes, deal. Zach, if you were if you're listening to this episode, we know you're a hardcore fan of High Five. After that, ever since you were on it, <laughs> yeah, for like 
you know, however many years ago that was now, six, six years ago, we became best friends, even though we were like 20 years older than you and probably haven't talked since. Yeah. Although we've talked in our hearts and in our minds. Every day, every day, every day, every day. day. When I pray, and I pray, and I pray. Uh, so no, that's great. I love that choice. I think that's a solid yeah. choice. Uh, I love your list feels very, uh, like you, you know yeah. what I mean? And I, and I love that. Uh, so Jay, what do you got to compete with Steven universe? All right. My number one is I, it's a show that again, it makes me happy. I think it is built to be bingeable. I think that I could watch it anytime you've actually already mentioned it <laughs> my number one is parks and rec uh-huh. yes queen i i think um you know originally at one point in one iteration of my list the office was number one because sure. i kind of think that is the quintessential you know binge <laughs> show and the modern kind of docu comedy style and it's very bingeable um but Q, you said it before, and I mean, Amanda and I both feel the same way. It's like, I think Parks and Rec may be the superior show. And I feel very strongly that it is, especially in the characters. Every character in Parks and Rec is so strong. Just, I mean, Ron Swanson, uh, every, th- every facet of Ron Swanson is intriguing and wonderful and hilarious. Jerry... It just as a character, being what he is for the show is just so wonderful. And I mean, literally every facet of it. So Q, for all the reasons you said before and all the the reasons that I, you know, brought up. Yeah, I just, Parks and Rec is the, and Amanda and I, or at least Amanda does, she binges it and goes through it probably once every other year. Once a year, maybe. Yeah, which I don't which I don't blame her. I think I do probably about the same thing. Like I yeah. I get really really into it um and then I'll finish it and then it'll just kind of get backburnered and then yep. when I feel like I need just like some comfort food laughs I'll pull it out again and I'm like all right, time to start yep. uh Parks and Rec over again. I'll, um, I'll I will watch the episode where uh uh Aziz Ansari is trying to get Jean Ralphio to help him pitch the business, his, his business. Dude, what was it? Episode, uh, what is it? it was- entertainment, entertainment 404 or 20 or That's right. Entertainment, entertainment 420. Also snake juice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, but also like, remember later when he's like, Aziz is trying to start like the legitimate consignment business and John Ralphio is like passing out on his couch. And I was yeah. just, it's so good. It's, so it is good. so good. I will also say that Mike Shore, uh, the, one of the creators of that series also created one of my most recent favorite series that was what didn't make this list, but yes, the good place was fucking fantastic. Just and, so fired on every cylinder. Did you guys watch it? Have you watched the whole series? Like, I haven't all the way through? finished it. No, no, no. I, I we're up have through seen maybe one or two episodes. It I've is seen three seasons, I think. It is primo, and Kristen Bell is like one of my favorite people ever. 
Oh, we're talking uh, about like, the good place. Okay, I have seen yeah. one whole season and a couple of the second. Oh man, it's so good. It gets so good. Yeah. And one of my favorite it things about strong. it is literally every season they just change the concept of the show. So like yeah. the first season it's one way, second season it's another way, the third season it's another way, and the fourth season it's another way. So it's literally like it's the same but all series, like dancing same around characters, the same themes, same topics, but a different perspective. It's fucking brilliant. Um, I love right, that, Jay. You. I love that you chose that. All right, so my number one, I you know couldn't couldn't let this list go without having, I guess, what is now considered another problematic series on my list. Um, my number one is maybe in my mind the most bingeable television series ever created. And I think the fact that uh, I, th I think Netflix would back me up on this. Uh, my number one is Friends. Uh, I think, you know, oh, you know, Friends is a series that has withstood time to still be one of the most popular series ever. And yeah. Netflix was hurting when, uh, it, when, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, HBO max when Warner took the property back as soon as Netflix's contract expired, they were like, we own this property. We're starting a new streaming service and people like the internet was like, what are we going to do without friends? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, well, I mean, and I, I, here's the thing. It wasn't on my list mainly because it got knocked off by categorization, essentially. Mm, you know, sure. it was one that I, I mean, do you know, Q, we have, that is one show that we, not only do we have on DVD, we have displayed, like we watch right. it quite a bit and it, it hurts me to a degree that it's problematic and I can you know, push back with my own nostalgia or whatever, but I couldn't agree more. I think that it is one of the, and, and I love, I love it. I will go back and just anytime it's on, I will find myself laughing at it. And I will, I will, I will say this for the problematicness. Cause I think that there's been a real like hot button conversation, especially lately, especially with Disney plus about, um, acknowledging that, you know, shows existed that weren't necessarily up to snuff with our current cultural mindset, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that that means that those shows are wrong for existing. Those shows yeah. existed in a time frame in which the, the cultural mindset was very different. Yeah. Um, so... I think that they are allowed to exist. I am of that ilk that I think it's allowed to exist. I think it, there should be a disclaimer on it. I think I'm totally fine with that. That's like, Hey, this could be like problematic for people watching this, but I also don't think that it should be erased. Um, as not, I mean, it, it still is one of the most important series I think that's happened. I think yeah. it, it culturally it took the world by storm and i think when that happens it's not something that can be ignored that's that's kind of where i fall on it uh because i've had these conversations with people a lot lately it seems um 
people were upset. There's stuff on Disney Plus that apparently is getting some um, disclaimers in front of it that you know say, hey, this may have some problematic content. People are like, oh, you just pull it off the service altogether. It's like, nah, I don't think I want just like Dumbo to disappear. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm there. <laughs> With but a label like a, an, a, an acknowledgement totally fails. Sure. And that's what I'm saying. And that's kind of where I feel like with Friends is like, yeah, watching Friends again. And I watched it super recently, beginning to end. With Haley, there were some cringy moments where some things were said. And I was like, ooh, like, I don't think that would fly anymore. But it doesn't ruin the rest of the series for me. You know what I mean? Like I said, it was existing in a microcosm of a different mindset. People yeah. thought differently. Jokes were told differently. Things were culturally acceptable then on a widespread level that aren't now. And I think that's, that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, now, if they tried to do it now and make those same jokes, then I'd be like, yeah, fuck that. Cancel that show, man. You can't say shit like that. <laughs> Read but the room. I'll but I also don't want to erase, you know, things that have happened yeah. because it's now not socially acceptable. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, I, you have, you have stated and echoed our uh, stance on it quite, quite well. Good. Mine. So yeah. So friends for me, I love it, man. I, I literally, I think one of my favorite conversations to have is when talking about friends and trying to figure out which friends they are. Um, <laughs> Uh, I unfortunately, now that I've been married three times, I've apparently become the default Ross in the group, I guess. Um, the divorce force, is, if you will. Which is, which is kind of bullshit. Uh, but whatever. I always pictured myself as a bit more of a Chandler, but I think, uh, I think Jay, you may be more of a yeah. Chandler, and I think I may be more of a Joey and a Ross. Like, I a may. I may, you know, I've I've been compared to him quite often in my lifetime, and I, you know, not for nothing, both my kids named after that show. That is so. true. That is true. That is fact. Not Them necessarily facts. Not necessarily like by design per se, but it it that's how them cards fell. It was by design. It totally, it was totally by design. It didn't hurt. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah. That's it, man. That's it. This is a this is gonna be a tough list to whittle down because we shared very few. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um definitively breaking bad is number five. Like it automatically jumps to that because we shared it. Uh Parks and Rec. Part of me wonders if it should go. Well, I don't know where it should go because you had it at number one, I had it at number two. Maybe it could be a joined number one. Um, I, I almost I am, like don't want to dis like I it's it's gonna be hard for me to like discount friends off of the list like I said just because of the I enormity of that show I'm honestly I'm okay with Parks and Recs landing either at one or two and then friends landing in the other spot just again I have it in affinity of mine um, in there uh i you know i would love yeah i so I, I however those fall i'm i'm okay with it um and then you know to 
to be able to have like a cartoon follow up there, I'd be either fine with Mia, like Steven Universe or Airbender is like to Q's point, like a milestone. So having that be a, like the number three being a cartoon from okay. one of your top two, I'd be fine with. Yeah, with any, I'd be good with how, that. How any of those fell. Okay. Then what would be number four? I I think Parks and Rec should be one, then Friends, then I would pick um, Avatar as as the, the one that comes in. I like that. Uh, just because it's been around longer. Definitely more people have binge watched it. It's more socially wanted and liked and accepted. Um, and then, of course, Breaking Bad at five. But what would be number four? What did we have? Oh, gosh. Um, so God, my I phone died. So British Breaking so I, um, I must say, I had Unsolved Mysteries yeah, and Bobby, um, Boy Meets World, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Oh, I would actually kind of be okay. Okay, so if we if we did a Law and Order, oh. since we all since you guys kind of all talked about it, and I also had True Crime as a very high category for me, mm-hmm. I'd be okay since you guys share and and Law and Order. I referenced it earlier. I mean, it's a, a twenty some odd years, a hundred variations. Yeah. If it's not the definition of bingeable, I don't know what is. It's true. Yeah, I'd be good with that. Yeah. All right, so that so, gives us a list, right? I believe so. I'll just as I'm writing it, you guys say no, switch it or whatever. So I, so five at breaking is breaking bad. So that one was a given. Yeah, and five. Four yep. four would be Law and Order then. Yep. Okay, and then three would be Avatar. Yeah. And then which do you want for number one? Friends or Parks and Rec? Um. <sighs> Oh, they're, I mean, they're honestly, two very, could, they're very different shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different, both very worthy, though. I agree. Uh, you know what? Just because, just because of cultural impact, I'm fine with Friends being number one. I mean, okay. again, it's like it's like I said, that's, I had it. That's in, literally in what I was about to say. I was about to say, it's like I, just, I almost feel like just just because of alone. Yeah, how it's bit, how it has become a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Like there, there are a handful of like pivotal shows. Like Seinfeld was a well. I mean, before that, you had the Mailer shows. Sure. Had, like Seinfeld, then you had Friends, then you had you know uh, The Office, then you have like Modern Family. Like those are like yep. the pivot shows. And yep. I, but yes, I think that Friends is, if not one of probably the most monumental pivot show outside like outside of Seinfeld normalizing talking about everyday nothingness sure yeah I just I'm fine with friends being up there okay then I am ready to list our five all right let's do do it it. our top five binge worthy shows at number five we have Breaking Bad at number four we have Law and Order Special Victims Unit (laughs) At number three, we have Avatar The Last Airbender. At number two, we have Parks and Recreation. And at Parks and Rec. And at number one, we have Friends. I love it. That will keep that list right there will keep somebody busy for like two and a half years. Years. (laughs) So many years. Just law and order alone, like with the however 25 (laughs) seasons of that. 
Breaking Bad is at least contained to five. Sure. So we highly recommend that everyone go out right now, start binging these series, and we'll see you in 2024. Woohoo! Bye. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast, Instagram at high five the podcast, or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Farting your skeleton out of your body? <laughs> Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.